0: Hi, my name is Sandro Tavares, and yes, I firmly believe that 5G will change the world.
1: Hi, my name is Sean Kenny, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we talk with a wide variety of industry experts to answer this important question. But before we talk 5G, Sandro, I like to use this podcast to get to know the guests a little bit better, and we do that by way of a recurring segment where I take three questions from the Prowse questionnaire. So are you ready for those three questions?
0: Absolutely, Sean.
1: Number one, what is your motto?
0: Well, my motto is never give up. I think it's something that I carried through my life and I try to live by it in my everyday at the business and basically everything else that I do with my family, sports, and so on.
1: Question number two, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be?
0: That's a good one. I think I would be a little bit more patient, right? I like to see quick results. And uh, yeah, sometimes being a little bit more patient helps us to actually achieve better results.
1: And the final question, who are your heroes in real life?
0: Well, that's also like a great question. And uh, I mean, I'm a firm believer in education. I think that education is probably the one thing that we can develop to really change the world and evolve the world. And in that sense, I believe that like my heroes are the teachers and professors of the world that are actually helping us Uh, build knowledge and advance as a society and now even more, right, with homeschooling and everything. So we really see how hard they work.
1: So Sandra, before we dig into how you see 5G uh, creating a transformation for consumers and for businesses, I was hoping to set a bit of a baseline and perhaps you could tell us just a little bit about your role with Nokia as global head of mobile networks
0: marketing. Sure, yeah, so my team uh, is responsible for uh, running the marketing function for our mobile networks business, right? So we look into everything in terms of, of course, content creation, uh, interaction with media, press, analysts, and so on. And we're doing quite a lot of work around 5G, which is probably the most important topic for the industry right now. So besides looking into creating marketing content for our products and solutions, we also research quite a lot about use cases and try to really help the industry uh, with new ideas about how 5G will really transform the world and how 5G is gonna be deployed and how it is going to basically transform everybody's lives
1: so to this idea of 5G as as a uh, driving transformation you know i i really gravitate in my coverage towards 5G for industrial use cases where the mm-hmm. value proposition is crystal clear around uh, automation yeah. and efficiency and that kind of thing and that, and that's not to say that enhanced mobile broadband for consumers isn't a disrupted technology it certainly is but to that a uh, former point, you recently talked with one of my colleagues about the shift from non-standalone to standalone. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you could help our audience understand the capabilities that an operator gains once they've made that transition to an end-to-end standalone network. And then mm-hmm. kind of two-part question, I guess, is do you have to have standalone to truly offer these transformative applications that ride on top of that network?
0: Sure, well, uh, the, the transformation to, to 5G standalone, what it's basically going to enable is the low latency use cases, right? So when we implement 5G on you know, standalone, there is already an improvement in the latency performance. So we get to around 10 milliseconds, a little bit less than that. But then when you're looking to one of the big promises of 5G, which, would, which was around latency levels around a single millisecond, you need uh, DSA architecture, right? Because that's when you are really implementing uh, the 5G core and you're able to actually advance on the distribution of your network and the distribution of uh, functions of the network to enable these very low latency use cases. That said, uh, of course, standalone is important, but waiting for standalone to, to start the transformation, to start developing new use cases uh, would be a mistake, right? There are several steps on the transformation towards becoming, let's say, a more service-focused uh, industry that will that not necessarily require SA. Right? Basically, for every use case that we talk about in our research, so be it uh, industry automation, be it healthcare, and you name it, uh, you have things that you can do even with LTE, but then mostly with 5G and SA. And then you have a third step, which is like the more advanced uh, use cases or the more, more advanced steps of these use cases that then require SA when you're looking to extreme automation. Uh, and other applications that would require low latency. That said, the fact that SA is still not available should not be a reason for not exploring already these use cases, for engaging more uh, with uh, industrial applications, for example. So 5G in itself, and in some cases, even LTE is already sufficient for Uh, basically any industry player to start experimenting with these services and start launching the initial applications.
1: So with SA, we get this big latency gain and this latency gain opens up these really, you know, kind of flashy use cases like uh, Mm -hmm. precision robotics, autonomous vehicles of all types so to get this kind of real-time network, you need this SA 5G, but you also need distributed computing, uh, where that functionality lives mm-hmm. out closer to where the data that needs to be analyzed is generated. So I was just hoping you could mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about the role of cloud computing, both uh, you know centralized in data center and what's going on as compute moves out to the edge in terms of delivering these new 5G services and for operators, Mm -hmm. isn't that really where the monetization opportunity comes into play?
0: Yeah, so it's actually a very, very important point, right? Uh, When I was discussing with Catherine uh, the other day, uh, she asked me about cloud computing and 5G and the correlation. And I was very direct in saying that cloud computing technologies, they are a must for 5G to succeed, Uh, and that applies basically in all the layers of this cloud architecture in the way that we usually talk about that. So either the traditional centralized uh, cloud uh, data centers which have their role, but then most importantly when you're talking about SA, when you're talking about 5G low latency applications, the aspect of edge cloud, edge computing, and even the, the aspect of far edge, which is something that Nokia has defined. So clouds is important for 5G because first it delivers the processing capabilities that are gonna be required for the network functions, right? You cannot think about uh, handling all of the data that 5G uh, will be dealing with in a traditional, uh, network infrastructure environment with very let's say uh, how can I put that? So with very unflexible network elements that do not have like the capabilities of expanding their capacity fast and so on and cloud technologies they come to address that. but even going further, the aspect of moving cloud computing to the, to the edge of the network will allow you to not only host these functions, but to open another space for new applications to be hosted. So when you're talking about developing uh, low latency industrial applications, they are going to be they are going to have to be running very close to where uh, the operation is happening. So very close to the factory, very close to basically whatever uh, whatever Uh, location where these applications supposed to run. So with that the concept of edge cloud is important because you're going to be building these data centers are going to be significantly smaller than a centralized data center uh, but they're going to be running the network functions for 5G and especially for 5G SA but they're also going to be running these applications that for example can run all the automation aspects of a factory, of a series of of factories that are built uh, in in a specific area. And then comes the concept of of far edge. Uh, Far edge for us is basically compute, cloud computing capacity being built at the base station site, right? Uh, And of course, it's not gonna happen in every base station, but In a few of those, especially the ones that are concentrating connections to several other base stations in a part of a neighborhood or close to a road or something, uh, having this far edge compute capacity available will allow you not only to run basic network functions like, for example, the radio baseband workloads, but also run other applications that require single uh, single millisecond latencies, uh, latency levels are even below that in the future, right? So being able to actually uh, orchestrate these uh, cloud architecture right now has centralized edge and far edge data centers are going to be extremely important. And getting to the point of monetization, exactly. This is where uh, a lot of the monetization opportunities can come from for the service providers in terms of, of course, providing these services. So providing automation services or simply hosting third party applications that are gonna be leveraging uh, the low latency capabilities of this network, right? So. If you're building an application, an industrial application, a healthcare application, you name it, that requires this low latency uh, to, to function properly, it cannot be, these application cannot be hosted on a centralized data center in the, in a, in the other part of the country. It has to be closed to where the action is happening. And for that, like the service providers do have a, a very important role in providing uh, the compute capacity for these to run.
1: Sandra we both talked a little bit about taking 5G to particular industrial sectors to to really prompt large scale meaningful change um, one of the ways Nokia has been doing this quite successfully is with its private networks business a uh, long list of wins some of the more recent mm-hmm. ones would be with a power grid operator in Poland with the uh port in Belgium metro operator in Paris Irish aviation authority it's a long list but uh mm-hmm. When we think about taking these solutions, whether LTE, 5G ready, or 5G into a mm-hmm. particular vertical, can you just help me understand how Nokia gains domain expertise in that mm-hmm. vertical? How do you effectively develop a solution for a, a use case in mining or in manufacturing? What's that process mm-hmm. look like?
0: Yeah. So I think that actually the the success that we have been having in private networks in the the enterprise domain is a function of the the strength of our portfolio, right? So uh, our end-to-end portfolio that, of course, like is end-to-end 5G, but really goes across several aspects of networking in general really helps us uh, be successful in these cases because the enterprise customers, they do have uh they need a solution right they do not they're not shopping for specific units or specific uh uh, building blocks for a solution i mean they really appreciate having a full solution focused on their on their needs on their on their on the needs of their verticals exactly as you pointed out so uh for some of the verticals that we have been mentioning, for example, in our latest uh, deals announcements, we come from a history uh, that has been going on for quite a while. So if you look, for example, into transportation, uh, the company has uh, a strong background, for example, in GSM for railways, GSMR, and has been involved in uh, railway business, for example, for quite a while. So we bring these learnings and utilize our current set of capabilities in the company to build these solutions because we understand the needs, we know the technology, we come up with the solutions and we are successful in that. In some other areas, this is new, right? So uh, for example, port operations, which is uh, uh, one that has been, uh, where one area where we have been announcing uh, wins lately is something that, is new to us. I mean, we don't have like a huge history on that, but exactly like we took the initial cases and we worked together with the customer to understand the vertical and then build a solution uh, that will really work for them. Because at the end of the day, what we're we're building are uh, networks that are going to keep their business running. And we understand networks really well. Uh, When you are entering a new vertical, we need to, of course, understand the characteristics and the specific requirements of that vertical, and that passes through a collaboration, and then based on that, then a solution is built, like touching once again the the, the example of, of port operations. So one of our most iconic 5G industrial cases is with the port of Hamburg. And that has been going for quite a while already, and it started with LTE, it evolved with 5G, and it gave us the possibility not only to solve uh, the business problems of our customers and make sure that they did, uh, that the Port of Hamburg in this case did have a solution that would work to optimize their operations, but also served as a learning for us that we can apply in other cases, in other, in and with other customers. So this is basically how it works. So in some cases we do have a strong background, uh, and that we simply continue to apply it. In some other cases we are developing the solutions together with the customers, and then of course we are we're replicating the lessons learned uh, with others. But as I said, none of that is possible if you don't have a strong portfolio to back you up. Right. And that's probably what is the biggest differentiation for us in these in this enterprise domain. It's not only having a strong portfolio, but also uh, being open to collaborate with customers and uh, and work together to to design the best solutions for them.
1: So Sandra, we've we've sketched a picture of, of 5G today and, and 5G in the future. So in all of this, what are you most excited about?
0: Well, I'm of course excited about the enterprise use cases, and I see a lot of potential there. But like, if you ask me personally, uh, I'm extremely excited about what 5G will mean for, uh, for, for example, education. And touching about uh, one of your first questions about the heroes in my life, and uh, when I mentioned how I believe that education is the key for a better world. I strongly believe that 5G has the potential to revolutionize education in general by actually making high, uh, highly specialized and co- content and content of very high quality getting to places where today it is not available. With technologies like augmented reality, virtual reality, and so on. I've been very close lately with the community that develops VR and AR solutions and I'm really uh, extremely excited to see uh, the ideas that are coming out, the new products that are going to be developed, and seeing how 5G is actually going to be able to enable that so we can really start preparing uh, the next generations and even like the current generation for the digital transformation that is coming ahead of us. So that's really like what really touches my heart right now.
1: Sandro, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and I really appreciate you taking your time out to answer the question, will 5G change the world?
0: Yeah, thank you very much uh, uh, for having me and for, for this opportunity. And yes, indeed, 5G will change the world, no doubt about it.
1: 5G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kenny. Thanks for listening.